Welcome to Waking Up to Grace with Lenny and Melissa. I'm Lenny, and this is my wife, Melissa. And today we are, are going to continue on with our series, God's Radical Love. And this will be part three. We don't know how many parts there will be, but uh, so far there are three. And uh, we're waking up to grace and uh, full grace, and we put nothing in its place. Amen to that. And hey, Lenny, isn't it a great day to be born again? I agree. And it's also a great day to be alive to God. Amen to that as well. <laughs> so let's continue where we left off. We were going through some passages last week. And um, so we we left off at Galatians 2.19. And so we'll continue on. And, you know, I just wanted to, before we get started, we're going to, um, you know, go into Galatians 5.13 next. But before we got get started, I just wanted to share a little something that came to mind uh, when I was conversating with my sister this week, actually. And um, I, you know, it just kind of dawned on me, um, you know, that, uh, you know, God must have just kind of put it on my heart and on my mind. And I, I thought it was kind of cool, you know, uh, as I said it. And, uh, you know, we we're just talking about, uh, you know, all the chaos going on around us. We we're both having a crazy day, maybe a crazy week. And uh, just talking about like, um, and she's the same, but, you know, since I, you know, since I'm born again, I just have this inner peace and, uh, you know, it's, it's something I can't describe and it's, you know, people don't seem to understand it. If you describe it to them, they'll, you know, they just don't get it. And I said, yeah, and I agree. And I, I know because, you know, I know the feeling, but it's, and it's more than a feeling. It's, it's a fact that's also being, uh, being confirmed through scripture and, uh, and and we read about these facts of what's going on. So we don't just have to feel it. We know uh, we know what it is because as we grow in the spirit, we learn what it is. And so then we know what feelings are valid and what aren't spiritually, right? And right. Uh, but anyway, I just, you know, kind of the whole point was that it dawned on me is that the Christian, you know, they, they, uh, the scripture in Hebrews describes Christ as the Sabbath rest. And uh, I think it's important to realize that it's like in here, you know, in, in our hearts, we're on vacation, but outside, everything is just crazy. <laughs> we're living in this crazy world. We have these fleshy bodies that, you know, sin wants to attach itself to at times, and you're kind of flinging it off, and like, get out of here. And But in, in the heart, you know, amidst anything that can go on in, in your day, you know, and Sometimes you just feel under attack, you know, these these demons and these outside forces of the world, the flesh and the demons are coming at you, trying everything outside of you to to get uh, to to affect you. But they can't come in here. You're always at vacation in the heart right. and, and you always have that inner peace, the secret that Paul describes. I just wanted to share that because I thought it was pretty cool. That's a very good point to share and it does I was going to say makes me think of how Paul said he found the secret of being content in all situations and boy did he have chaos going on around him didn't he yeah everything you can and even things you can't even imagine every day all the time yeah in prison unbelievable um so yeah that's obviously what he was talking about the peace of Christ um so inner peace inner peace not outer peace that doesn't mean you always feel good. That doesn't mean anxiety doesn't hit you. Right. <laughs> that inner peace. It hits the body, but it doesn't get into the heart where there's always peace. Right. And to have that peace in your heart is 
a gift like no other, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, you're eternal now. Yeah. God, Jesus gave you his life, the, the one that lasts forever. And that's from now until the until eternity. We we fall asleep, but our soul lives on. And so we're at peace. You know, that, that brings a peace. Amen. Well, sure, we could still get scared. We could still get frightened by things. But in our heart, we know in our heart, we know that, that everything's OK. And God reminds us. Over the last couple of years, I really have learned about peace. And I know that you have, too. We've been on a journey together. Um, but, yeah, I really learned that I I want to say the the value of peace and how grateful I am for that peace of Christ, that true peace that yeah. is always there, that lasts. It's always lasting. Sometimes you get distracted, like you were saying, that demons are attacking on the outside and you can get distracted by that. But that inner peace is always there. But how do you grow in that inner peace? How do you grow? And if, if you're if you're saying, oh, you know, I just uh, I feel far away all the time. How how might you grow and how might you better understand the heart that you've been given? You know, you've, he, he took away our heart of stone, gave us a new one, poured his spirit into it, gave us a new spirit. We're one spirit with his. How do we how do we grow in that knowledge? Well, you know, if, if we're sharing the heart of Christ, let's learn about the heart of Christ. Let's learn about Christ. Let's learn more about who we are in Christ. So we learn about these hearts. And then we then we start to understand the things of the spirit and what it's telling us. And uh, it's in that uh, scripture testifies to it and the words begin to illuminate when we read them and we start to, to be able to understand the, the clearer passages in light of the complicated ones. And you start to realize things like, uh, you know, when you're reading one of Paul's letters, you know, you're, you're eavesdropping in on somebody's letter there that he wrote to somebody else. He wrote it to the Ephesians, to the Galatians, to the Romans. Is it for us? Absolutely. Because, it, I mean, it, it, there is so much to be gained from them. But don't make the mistake of thinking that it was to you when he writes specifically to some of these churches about specific things that were going on. People can get hung up on that, can't they? Yes, they certainly can. So we need to use discernment. You know, you don't just uh, read the Bible word for word, literally what it says, and collect it all together, stir it around in a pot and say, well, this is Christianity you know, the Sermon on the Mount is teaching us moral value, and then we're born again, and then we got to keep following these commands that Jesus gave us, and we have to be baptized, we have to take communion, and, uh, you know, so on and so forth, and the list goes on and on, the tithes, the offerings, and, you know, the asking for forgiveness, and we get these rules and regulations set, and uh, people are adamant about these things, and when they hear grace, they get upset, and, um, you know, you, you can see why there's no peace. There's no peace in their message. There's no rest. They haven't entered the Sabbath. And so, of course, they're getting upset about the grace message. We have an inheritance that we didn't have to work for, and they're still trying to achieve it. And they're not getting there, and they're upset. Context, context, right? Very important. Yeah. In context, and, and this is a lot of what has spurred us to want to... Um, do a uh, talk on God's radical grace and bring back the radicalness of it. Exactly. But what you're saying is you said, how do you get more of that peace? How do you 
um, how do you grow in the peace? And it reminds me again, another Paul uh, saying um, to cling to the spirit, cling mm-hmm. to Christ. That's, that's the answer. When you find the world uh, trying to pull you away from that peace that never leaves you, you can just become distracted from it. I know I find that, uh, but clinging to Christ, that's the answer. And who teaches Praying, us to opening cling? Us, opening the Bible, God, Christ. God and God and the spirit teaches us to cling. So if you're not clinging, you're finding yourself, I don't feel like I'm clinging. Pray. Pray that God uh, does these things and you'll be surprised when you when you pray. Like we always say, when you pray a spiritual prayer and you ask for an abundance of spirit, you know, of of God's spiritual truth to come at you. Oftentimes it does. It's like our weapon against the demons. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Now, if you're praying for more legalism, you're you're probably not going to get the same answer. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what you're praying to when you pray for that. So it's kind of a different story. So don't pray for more rules and regulations. Don't don't do that. <laughs> so uh, that's that's dig in here. Galatians chapter five verse thirteen. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge in your flesh, but through love serve one another. So we were called to freedom. We we're called to freedom. And, uh, you know, we may get to that passage, but in another passage, Paul says that all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So you hear these the theme going on in Scripture. We're free. We're absolutely free in Christ. Anything that we do, there's no physical action that we can do. There's no physical sin that's going to stop us from God and his glory and his grace inside of us. He will never leave. But the caveat is there, you know, that sounds like a license to sin. Well, of course it is for those who aren't being saved, who don't have the Holy Spirit. It is a does sound like a license to sin. And that's why Paul's constantly addressing sin and all these different things. He teaches you to you know, how to tap into the spirit, you know, because if, if you don't understand who you are and, and what you have in Christ and you're still following the laws or rules and regulations, sin is increasing and abounding. And, um, you know, so we, so we have to look at things spiritually, don't we? Yes, we do. That's right. And isn't it interesting? Uh, we were called to freedom and we are free, Mm -hmm. but Still, we have the verse that tells us you're either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. Exactly. So we're free, but we're a slave to righteousness, aren't we? Yeah, but in in Christ, we're free. So there's on one hand, you're a slave to his righteousness, but on the other hand, you're free in. And so truly, we're free slaves. God has set us free in Christ as uh, and given us his righteousness it's it's more of a freedom than it is a slavery because before we were in bondage to our sin right and you couldn't get out and so so we have this freedom and what he's saying is not to use it for to indulge in the flesh uh the flesh is is the flesh it's not that doesn't define us anymore so why would you want to feed it uh, I like the analogy of the, you know, the uh, the bum, you know, so a guy invites him into the to the diner to have anything he wants, right? <laughs> Remember that story? That's right. The, <laughs> the guy, the restaurant owner, finds this guy eating out of the dumpster out back. Yeah. So he invites him in, right? And so somebody, you know, this bum comes in and he looks at all this great food at, at the dining room table and. 
and uh and just turns to the owner of the restaurant and says can i have some garbage yeah. <laughs> ridiculous who what? would do that nobody would do that so it's a great analogy and and uh you know i yeah i give full you know great credit to, to the guy who came up with that because that's awesome you know what a cool analogy and um and we can relate why would we want to choose here we are free and why would we want to choose garbage so why would we want to use our freedom as an opportunity to indulge the flesh yeah um yeah that no longer feels good once you've been born again that's not your it's not your identity anymore it doesn't mesh with you anymore that's why you'll feel uh, i don't know about you but i feel um conviction i feel pulled when i'm you know doing something that doesn't uh maybe i'm angry at somebody getting really angry and it doesn't feel good to be angry and sit there and hold a grudge it just doesn't uh that shoe doesn't fit anymore right. it doesn't mean you don't do it it just feels differently yeah you know where before you might have been like oh they deserve it i'm gonna just stay <laughs> mad and well, now it's like it doesn't feel right i want to forgive them yeah and so then galatians 522 he says but the fruit I think of we miss galatians 219 though <laughs> are you serious oh did we Ooh, that's i think you, we were gonna do that one yeah oh, i thought that's where we left off I have an arrow there. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. We skipped that one. Okay. So are you kidding? I'm kidding. <laughs> so uh, so we have uh, Galatians. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I may live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So the life I now live in the body, I live because of the faithfulness of the Son of God. Now, we read that one. We did, but it's good. Just keep going. But just don't go into it again, Melissa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside God's grace because if righteousness could come through the law, then Christ died for nothing. So let's let's look at this passage from a different angle than we did last week, because uh, I don't think we talked about this angle of the passage. Um, when, when we... Uh, during the regeneration process, which is instantaneous, um, some one of the things that that happens during this process that allows us to open our eyes, part of the opening of our eyes process and the rebirth where we're born again and see the world from a different vantage point and God starts teaching us his vantage point is that uh, we've been crucified with Christ. It doesn't say we crucified ourselves. It says we've been crucified. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. So God killed him. God killed him. He put him on the cross spiritually, spiritually killed his old self, put it on the cross. And then he goes on to say, but Christ lives in me. So the life I now live in the body, I live because of the faithfulness of Christ. So God kills your old self and then raises you from the dead with this new spirit. His spirit, your new spirit, the new heart, and you've been made alive, and now you have been you've been born again, and we've been made alive to God. All in this in this happening where you are you you've been drawn, you know, something drawing you, you hear the calling of the shepherd and you follow willingly. That's right. To that call. And, and, and next thing you, you know, you you are a Christian and so that's pretty cool. That's beautiful. And I didn't hear you say that you do anything. 
right. didn't hear you say that Paul did something. Yeah, and we talked about that last week. So if anybody wants to dig into that, God's Radical Love Part 2, we explored that angle of it, right, Melissa? Right. So that's, <laughs> that's good. Let's continue on to Galatians 5. I think that's a good 22. point. Though, just to, I'm not going to go into it. I agree. Like we did, but yeah, you didn't mention that Paul did anything. And the other part of that is that Paul wasn't kicking and screaming and saying, stop, don't, I don't want to, you know, be uh, pulled into your radical grace and love. He, yeah. He wanted. Right. You know, he was, uh, he wanted that. He yeah. Was, and there was a radical transition there. I'm actually going to talk about that on my next message right. um, in response to a, a, a Facebook comment. So I don't want to dig too much into that Yeah. Uh, because we had a really great inquiry uh, on Facebook uh, that I wanted to uh, have a response to another brother in Christ had a, some great insight to share. And so I'm going to respond to that. So we'll save that. That's why I'm trying to nudge you like, save it. Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> do everything kind of impromptu we don't you know put any great planning into a lot of these we like to have a topic and talk about it from the heart that that god gave us and uh you know when you guys are listening i hope you're listening from the heart too because it, we said it seems like that's likely how it was in biblical times everybody yeah. got together and nobody uh not that you can't rehearse something and take you notes. Do it however you want people probably did take some notes but you just get together and you talk from the heart it is how it's it seems people probably came bringing their questions and, hey, what do you think about this? When problem? they were sharing, when they were sharing, like like you're saying, when they were sharing their stories, the apostles about Jesus, it was all just coming from the heart. Remember that? Remember what he said? Look at what scripture says. Look how the Old Testament testifies to that. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. I have no problem with people preparing a speech. And, you know, actually, my next response, I wrote it down because I, I just wanted to write it down. It doesn't matter. But, it, you know, it's got to come from the spirit, from the heart, you know, from the heart of Christ. <laughs> That's right. So if, if we're not, if we're speaking from the flesh, then we speak nothing and it's useless. It is useless. Uh, Galatians 5, uh, verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love joy and this builds on um you know not using our freedom to indulge in the front in the flesh but the fruit of the spirit don't use that license to sin guys nobody in, in grace thinks of it as a license to sin so if you if you say that comment it just proves that you don't understand grace and that's okay you know i, I pray for those to to take the time to look at it if you're here then uh and indulge in, in what we're saying really Listen to it, though. Don't just look at the title and start throwing out hurls and insults. I mean, listen to it. If you're going to if you're going to insult something, look at the information first. That's I challenge you to do that. So, yeah. Um, oh, I had a thought about. Um, oh, yes, I think that it's just kind of a. Um, what was that word we were using for something else today? Just like kind of a, an impromptu uh, response that kind of pops in your head. I know I thought of it at first when I was first learning about uh, the freedom we have in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, you immediately think, well, you can't just go around sinning. Yeah. It just kind of <laughs> yeah. pops out of your How many mind. times have we heard that in our life? Oh, so many times. It just, <laughs> you can't it, just do whatever you want. It's like just kind free. of that, <laughs> the thought that pops on our mind, maybe because of what we've been, you know, there's a lot of... Um, mumbo jumbo out there that we've been taught over the years and um there's a lot of twisting that's gone on in scripture so maybe some of that's embedded and that's what we're thinking of but that yeah 
that's kind of what pops in people's heads, right? You can't just do whatever you want. And yeah. then what we're going to read here. Can I read this one? It's a good Yeah, one. for sure. This and, is and I just wanted to point out as we're reading this, this is an expanding upon, um, you know, using our freedom to do good and expanding upon what the fruit of the spirit is. And uh, I don't know if we'll get to that passage today or not, but in context, uh, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you picture a vine and a branch coming off of that vine, uh, the branch doesn't uh, the the branch doesn't produce the fruit. The vine does. The vine is rooted into the ground and and, and producing, uh, you know, the the fruit to those branches. The branches are just bearing the fruit. So if you think you're producing something for Christ in and of yourself, you're mistaken because you get everything from the vine. And if you didn't have the vine, you would have nothing. You would have no fruit to bear. You're a fruit bearer. You're not a fruit producer. That's that's nothing to to give pat yourself on the back for. You got to pat the vine on the back. <laughs> Who's part of that so branch? Yet again, so no man can boast. And what a beautiful example. What a perfect example. Um, came from Christ. So I guess that's why. <laughs> so read it. You read it, Melissa. This so is this yours. Is, so once we get the new heart, um, these are the things that that uh, Jesus has in his heart that we now bear. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that we're drawn to now that we're born again. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also behave in accordance with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, being jealous of one another. Yeah, so uh, so what you see here is that bearing fruit is just being your spiritual self. It's following that new heart. It doesn't say anything about rules and regulations here. You're not bearing rules and regulations it doesn't say it doesn't give you any standard of, you know, you have to witness to, you know, three people each day. You have to <laughs> you have to share Jesus, uh, <laughs> you know, at least 10 times a week. And we are going to talk about that Great Commission, aren't we? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll really get into means. that. And, you know, what the yeah, exactly. And uh, am I saying evangelism is bad and that it's not? Um, a gift that some are given. Oh, it absolutely is, but it's not a gift everybody's given. And it's not a gift that uh, come, may, maybe it's a gift that doesn't come out of every day of your life. Maybe it comes out one time in your life and one person is saved. Think about that passage where Jesus doesn't leave one behind. That one sheep gets away and he goes and rejoices when that sheep comes back. So you might just be the shepherd uh, called uh, by the good shepherd, rather, you know, be that person called by Christ to, for one person. And, and that was that was God's will for you. And you completed that. It's OK. If, if you're shy, it's OK. If you have a hard time finding the right words, just pray for growth, pray for spiritual growth and, and follow what God's leading you to do in your life. That's right. These Not fruits of the spirit. I mean, these come these are going to come easy to you if you follow it without legalism binding you, telling you that you got to do more. That's the demons in your ears saying, whispering to you. You're not doing enough. That's right. You need to do more. That's right. And all that does is distract you and muddle your mind. And then you can't focus on the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. 
So continue on, so, Melissa. I just wanted to add kind of to what I was saying earlier is that, so these are the things that we're drawn to. These are the fruits of the spirits we're drawn to. And uh, obviously we're Sometimes not, drawn away from. <laughs> right, because we are not. Like when you're mean to me, Melissa. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the flesh. That's not you. And I, you know, when those things happen, uh, as a married couple, you can rejoice in the fact that, you know, that's not, that's not your, your spouse speaking, you know, it does help that's the flesh. That's just a distraction. And we got to come together in heart because Christ is above all that. <laughs> We're married to him above all. Oh, that's right. It really does help when you're really mean to me. <laughs> I just think about the fact this isn't my sweet. Lonnie. You know that doesn't happen. This is not my sweet Lonnie. This you're is talking about flesh. a spiritually mature man here. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> and to my point, we are not uh, we are not perfect here on earth. We are perfect in the heart and to God, but we do still sin here on earth, and. Uh, so like you were saying, when we do uh, get drawn away from these things, to my point before, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know, when you when you start to feel unjoyful, unat peace, not having patience, not being kind, it doesn't feel good. You don't feel mm -hmm. it's just not the way it was before you were born again. And like we say, Christianity is more than a feeling. It's a fact. Right. Uh, and, and that's why we have to be drawn to the truth. The truth sets us free. Feelings don't set us free. Right. But the truth sets us free. And we feel that you do feel it. And it's but it's not a, it's not produced by a feeling. It's produced by a truth. Produced by a truth. So if somebody says to you um, that I don't care what happened to you, maybe you uh, had a really good day. Maybe your boss uh, commended you. Maybe you got a raise. Maybe you just uh, won the lottery. Maybe you just uh, got really great news about your um, your health that had been suffering for a long time. Mm -hmm. And maybe you take medication. You know, maybe you have to take medication for anxiety or depression, and it and it helps you. Um, but none of those things are responsible for your true joy and peace. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. You could have a surgery done by a doctor and they wouldn't see the heart of Christ inside of you. They're, they're, that's a spiritual unseen thing. Right. They're not going to be like, oh, this guy has the heart of Christ. Put him back together. Right. He doesn't need medication or surgery. <laughs> right. But what you have is like, to your point, you know you have it. So other people are going to say things like, well, of course you're happy. You just got a raise. You know, of mm -hmm. course you're feeling good. You're taking that happy pill. Mm -hmm. But it's different. It's It's not, it's, like you said, it's based on a fact. And you only know it if you have it. So people can yeah. say all that they want. But let's, let's take a, a look at, before we get too far off the beaten path, if you don't mind, um, I, I want to add that he says, against such things, there is no law. You know, there's no law that can can stop the, the, the things that you do freely, freely in Christ. Nobody can stop you from these, this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and there's no law against it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the fruit that we produce now. And we, God, God is pleased with you as a Christian. He's happy with you. 
he he loves you and 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 rejoices in you and holds you in high regards. Jesus calls you brother, actually, in Hebrews. He says, I'm proud to call you brother. What an honor. I mean, we're part of the family. They're not gonna you're 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 in, man. You're in. God calls you a child, Jesus calls you a brother. But but what if you what if you do something that's not good one day? What if you're not producing goodness? No, that's the flesh. Is God still proud? Is he gonna is he gonna punish you with his wrath? No, he uses spiritual discipline and you'll you'll learn from those things. He's not he doesn't have to use the proverbial paddle on you. Uh, discipline and punishment are two different things. Punishment is like you look at like an angry parent, you know, they lose their temper and start punishing the child. But if you are patient, uh, a good example would be being patient with the child and teaching them the right things to do. And so sometimes you would get in this worldly form, we'll punish and then discipline. But the discipline is, is how God uses uh, things to teach us. He's going he's gonna to teach us the right ways and show us the way out. And, uh, you know, there's a passage in scripture that says he'll always leave a way out of temptation for us. There's always going to be a, a way out. And so we're never going to fall, you know, as Christians into some temptation where we're going to lose sight of grace completely and lose our salvation. He'll leave a way out. You know, so, so pray for that. Basically, he knows that we're going to stumble, doesn't he? Right. I mean, look at how many times, uh, you know, Paul has to address sin in his letters to the, you know, to the Galatians uh, or, you know, mostly a lot of the Corinthians, you know, and you, you look at different letters. Sin was a problem in the church. It's it's real and it still happens. And we're going to wrestle with his. There again, how did he teach against it? He taught against it spiritually and brought back to the truth. And so that's, you know, I'm kind of anxious to get into this passage. Uh so let's let's continue on. He sure. says, "Now those who belong to Christ have been cruci- have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be behave in accordance with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, being jealous of one another." So there again, he talks about the crucifixion. the The flesh has been crucified. Wow, yeah. You know? Yes. You're gone. Yeah. So we belong to Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So this new self, this new self is beyond that. You know, he he created this new self and all that's beyond us, you know. So we it's it's done. The the flesh has been done away with. It no longer defines us. It doesn't define us. It's not coming from in here anymore. It's coming from outside. It's coming outside of this this heart that we have and this fleshly uh, body that we're still living in. You know, it's prone. It's prone. But but God accepts this whole body because of our heart and because of our righteousness that He gave us. We're now we're now good. You know, but it's okay. He loves you now. No, and I'm thinking as we're talking here that a lot of spiritual growth, right, is something you experience as a Christian. And some some people grow faster than others. Some there's the Bible talks about the measure of faith people are given, some are given more than others, but nonetheless, spiritual growth. And I just am thinking about how so many people, because 
uh, I believe a lot of it is because of the all the corruption that's out there in the church, kind of imprisoning people, um, taking the, away the freedom of Christ. The not the true church, but the, right? The I'm, physical I'm saying the view of church that we see. Right, a lot of the buildings, a lot of a lot of these teachers, unfortunately, there's a lot of error, um, and it has a lot of it has to do with taking away the freedom in Christ. And I'm just thinking a lot of people get stuck right here. Don't they, where they, they don't get to this step. And I know several of them in my life. I, there are people that uh, care very much about, and it's sad to see somebody be stuck right here where they, they, I should say stuck right before here where they don't realize that they are pleasing to God, that all this, like you just said, it's in the past, it's gone. So it's sort of like they're stuck at the, the cross part. Yeah. You know, they're still not fully convinced that Jesus died for all of that sin, that, that, they're, fully that they're fully forgiven. forgiven fully and so accepted. they can't focus on the life. Right. You and know, it, and that's, that's what good grace teachers out there are telling people, you know, there's two parts the of the joy. gospel, essentially. It's like a two in one. It's the, it's the cross and the resurrection. And mm -hmm. if you want to embrace the resurrection, you have to get past the cross. That's right. Don't leave yourself hanging there. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. And that's a good way to say it. Don't leave yourself hanging there. Don't leave Jesus hanging there for, in, in, in your spiritual mind. Right. Because when you're hanging there, what do you, if you picture, that's a great way to say it. You're hanging there. What are you feeling? Are you feeling any joy, any peace, any comfort? It, it, right. You're just stuck feeling guilt, punishment, not good enough. Yeah. You're just stuck there. I mean, wow, that's horrible. Yeah. So you it's past it. That's where you find the, the joy, the peace. That's where you can uh, rejoice in the fruits of the spirit. Why is it that everybody, you know, can recite? Well, I know Jesus died for my sins, but yet, you know, that oftentimes they don't understand the the, the next part. So, okay. So that the, a good response to something like that, you know, would follow like, okay, so Jesus died for all your sins. Great. So what now? You know, I mean, if you were, a, if you saw a dead person in the morgue and they had died of cancer, you cured their cancer. And, uh, you know, <laughs> what do you have left? A healthy dead person? You cured their cancer, but you didn't bring them to life. Right. And so you just have these, you know, you're, you're like a kind of a, an open jar running around. They haven't been sealed in the spirit yet. The jar is wide open, you know, and, uh, you know, God... You know, maybe, you know, you can't really get filled with the spirit and then not seal that jar. It's a sealed deal. You, you can't leave the jar wide open. And, and so, you know, you, you have to be raised to life. You can't just stop at the sin issue. I'm forgiven. Yeah, I'm just waiting for heaven. No, you, you got to get past that and, and accept the life and live, Have you know, and, and uh, what, what God wants you to realize what God's wanting to open your eyes to, and if you haven't heard this, he wants you to open your eyes to the life that Christ is living in you and realize who you are now. Because your jar is sealed. Because Absolutely. You, Nothing dirty can you, get in here. That's right. You have been cured of your cancer and rose from the dead in that morgue, mm -hmm. to your example. That's what the truth is. So, so you're living a lie and you're torturing yourself right. if you don't move forward you were already dead from your sin you needed life forgiveness wasn't enough forgiveness just wasn't enough you needed life 
Right. He needed the life of Christ, the forever eternal life of Christ that never ends is what you needed. And if you haven't embraced that yet, wake up to grace, my friend, <laughs> and live it, love it, be free in it as the apostle teaches. And that's where the secret lies that, that Paul speaks of too. That's where they can. And there's the passage. I had it. Is it right here? It was here. Everything is lawful but not everything is beneficial. Everything is lawful, but not everything builds others up. Do not seek your own good, but the good of the other person. And so we can do that now freely. Can you imagine seeking the good of the other person when you're just being punished and scrutinized daily by your own conscience who's bearing this punishment and you're punishing yourself because you know God's angry with you and uh, you have this resurrected God that uh, came back to life, defeated death, and he's watching your every move and he's ready to punish you for everything. That's horrible. That is horrible. You can't be happy. You can't be at peace. There's no inner peace to that message. And that is not an easy and a light burden. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. He didn't say, I'm going to terrorize you with fear of punishment. No, he said, perfect love drives out fear. And he was talking about fear of punishment. Beautiful. And it's insulting to Christ also. We got to realize when we have these, when we are just okay, not understanding his truth that's insulting yeah why would we want to insult our lord all I mean, that he did was very look at all he puts up with uh, from us you know he's i mean when they say he's patient with with those who he's, he's chosen they're it's dead on he's very patient with us you know very, very patient true. very true so that's yeah. you want to read colossians this is this is another good one colossians sure. 2 12 having been buried with him in baptism you also have been raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And even though you were dead in your transgressions and in your uncircumcision of your flesh, he nevertheless made you alive with him, having forgiven all your transgressions. He has destroyed what was against us. A certificate of indebtedness expressed in decrees opposed to us he is taking it away by nailing it to the cross amazing i love that passage it's very descriptive isn't it <laughs> in case he thought for a minute he was still holding anything against you droid what was against us a certificate of indebtedness expressed in decrees opposed to us and what was that for all your transgressions Man. all Man. Man, it, it, the life that we live in Christ, I mean, they had faith in the Old Testament, like we were talking about before. I was like, like an engagement uh, ring. You know, God, uh, God said that uh, I credit uh, Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. But that righteousness uh, couldn't couldn't be uh, um, <laughs> forgetting the word couldn't be redeemed until redemption. It couldn't be redeemed until Christ did his work on the cross and rose from the dead and all his prophecy was fulfilled and he rose Abraham up at that last day and brought him up to heaven. Yeah. Brought him up to heaven. So the new heaven and the new earth were established and uh, he was, he was brought, you know, this, this whole new age was established, the new covenant age. So he, you know, and, and so they, they had to wait for that. 
But they, God gave them faith still, as we learned in those passages. God distributes faith. He gave them faith, but he didn't give them the marriage. And then the, the, the inner peace that we get to live in this life and the promise of eternal security. They still had to be distracted by the law, you know, but they didn't, they didn't fall for the stumbling block the way most of a lot of Israel fell for the stumbling block and started attaining their goal by self-righteousness through the law. It was never about that. The promise came before the law <laughs> through Abraham. Abraham didn't know Moses. <laughs> you're following Moses. You're not, fo you know, you're fo not following Jesus. Which one are you married to? <laughs> Be faithful to Jesus. <laughs> don't start, don't start going along with Moses. <laughs> That's a very, very clear picture there. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's a great passage. And then Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, and upright, and godly lives in the present age as we wait for happy fulfillment of our hope in the glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to set us free from every kind of lawlessness and to purify for himself a people who are truly his, who are eager to do good. So communicate these things with the sort of exhortation or rebuke that carries full authority. Don't let anyone look down on you. And so looking down on you, that would, you know, that would be legalism. People teaching you and telling you you're, you're bad, you're wrong, you're, you know, you're, you're a sinful, bad-hearted Christian, like that doesn't even jive with scripture whatsoever. Don't let them look down on you. You are the righteousness of Christ okay. and the spirit and the God's grace trains us to reject godless ways. The spirit and God's grace, not a seminary school. It doesn't say that it doesn't say rules and regulations teach us how to live upright lives. It doesn't say special counseling by professors is going to teach us. It says that grace teaches us. So if you don't have grace, then where are you going to learn these things? Something to think about. Right. That's right. You'd want to be praying for the Holy Spirit. So who do we put faith in? Our, our, our flesh or the spirits? Who do we look to when we when we when we're falling into some sort of sin and need to find a way out, we look to Jesus. Certainly not ourselves, unless you want to go back to garbage. You can keep beating yourself up and over and over, or you can fix your eyes on Jesus. And that's what grace is all about. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, you see light. And when you see light, the darkness just doesn't look dark anymore. And you're in the light as a Christian. So why go around acting like you're in the darkness? You're not. Look to the light. You're nice. in it. You are the light. You are the salt of the earth. Romans 5.20. Melissa, are you ready for this one? I am ready. <clears throat> now the law came in so that the trans transgression may increase. So that's why the law was given. Now the law that's came bold. in. That's a bold teaching right there. Yeah. Can we believe the Apostle Paul? I believe Paul. I believe Paul. Now the law came in so that the transgression may increase. Trans but where sin increased, grace multiplied all the more. So that just as sin 
reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So how does that work? The law came in so that sin would increase? That's crazy. That's right, because... So what did what did Paul say? He said, uh, when the law said, do not covet, it brought inside of him all sorts of, all kinds of covetous desires. And then uh, he, uh, and then what, what did he say? But uh, thanks be to God, you know, that he gave his son, Jesus Christ. So he recognized that the law brings you to agony, brings the Christian to the, it brings the regenerated, those who are being called to agony before they come to salvation, because you realize that you're looking in this magnified mirror and um, it's just makes you look so much more sinful. <laughs> if, 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 if it weren't for the law you wouldn't realize how utterly sinful you were would you no you wouldn't and he it was yeah it's there to show us that and show us that we can't keep one iota of it so we're doomed so what does that tell you if Unless... you, you want to make more sin in the in the in the body of of christ as people would say the church if you want to create more sin in the church uh, you know, we're us grace teachers are accused as given a license to sin. So what's the alternative? Let's set some standards, some rules and regulations. That's what we need, because didn't that work so good for Israel for thousands of years? God was just patting them on the back, wasn't he? No, he wasn't, was he? <laughs> no, and that goes directly against what was just read here. Yeah. The law came so that transgression may increase. Because if you didn't know how sinful you were, you wouldn't know that you need a savior. And people who don't understand about the law and why it was given, they don't realize. Um, let's just say some of these naysayers, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some atheists, for example, they don't realize. They think, oh, I don't need a savior. I'm good enough. Well, there's a lot of Christians out there that don't understand the law. Right. You know, true. I think there's enough of those to go around. And so, you know, we're trying to help, uh, you know, I'd say our primary ministry is probably more geared towards the uh, Christians because there's there's so much lost in the doctrines today, isn't well, there? It's very true. It's, it's geared towards anyone who God gives the eyes and ears to to hear and see, right? Yeah. Um, just an I didn't example. I to break into your thought. It's... No, it's it, just an example. I was using an atheist as an example, um, but it's it's sad when people don't, they think I don't need a savior, so I'm not going to worry about all that Jesus stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, we all do. That's the truth is every human, uh, no human can live up to the law. No human can make it on their own. So, and it only makes sin increase all the more. God had to do that to show us yeah. Um, and point us to Christ, right? So what do you think, Melissa? Should we continue on and see what some of the passages in the book of Hebrews? Yeah, definitely. Got some energy left, some spiritual, some spiritual energy to give. I do, I do. All right. So I, I actually didn't take a lot from Hebrews, and there's a lot to be had. All I can say is if you don't understand the new covenant and when it began and how significant it is to know those details. You know, we got to look to the book of Hebrews for that because you, you, you're you going to be blown away if, if you are a, a Christian. You haven't looked at, you know, the, the dividing line in human history at the cross and where it occurred. 
um, and and how we have to read scripture in light of that understanding. Um, so I, I didn't go into into great detail here because you know you can look at our our content and our, our video on new covenant teaching, you know, and what that is um, to to dig into that a little bit more. But I mean, man, the the way the the author of Hebrews lays it out for you. And from the old covenant to the new covenant is is amazing. Uh, but Hebrews two eleven, you can st- you can read that one if you want, Melissa. For indeed, he who makes holy, and those being made holy, all have the same origin. Wow! So he is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. There you go. Yeah. Saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. What an honor. Again, he says, I will be confident in him. And again, here I am with the children God has given me. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise shared in their humanity so that through death, he could destroy the one who holds the power of death. That is the devil and set free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. Wow. And so I know something that I take from that passage is a lot of times, uh, you know, people look at uh, um, sanctification, the process of being set set aside or set apart from something is what that means Um, is, you know, and then you have the renewing of the mind. So you have this passage saying being made holy and some translations uh, we'll say those who have been made holy, um, but it's it's kind of the same in, in a lot of ways. So yeah, our minds are being renewed, and uh, uh, we you know we become uh, there is this process, ongoing process where we're learning, and essentially you could say being made holy, but you could also read it as being made holy as those who are becoming Christian, those who are coming to Christ. But either way, the point is that all the while, you know, you're perfect from the beginning to the end of this process. And Christ is calling, uh, not ashamed to call you brother. And so in the next passage, he, he says, uh, by his will, we have been made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We have been made holy. That time it's very clear. We've been made holy. For by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are made holy, perfected for all time. So from the beginning of the process to the end, the whole time your mind's renewing and you're growing from an infant Christian on up and getting to know who you are in Christ, you're perfect. You're perfect. How about before you were even in the womb? Yeah, well, he hadn't regenerated you yet, but you were chosen for great things, weren't you? You were created for a great purpose, That's his right. purpose, from the beginning to the end, before before the world even began, because Christ was there before the world, ready to save you. That's okay. deep. That's very comforting. Then, yes. And then Hebrews 10, 17, he says, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no longer. So, you know, you, you picture God up there keeping a ledger and, and you got to keep checking things off for him. You're like, sorry, I'm sorry. Forgive me of this. Forgive me of that. And what if you miss one? He says, I'm not keeping track. 
He's, he's telling you, you know, and, and it's written all throughout Hebrews. He's not keeping a ledger on you anymore. So it makes completely no sense for you to. Why would you want to try to help him do that? It reminds me. Do you me want him to keep a ledger on you? <laughs> he told you he wasn't going to. <laughs> right. If you think about a worldly example, like let's say a, a young child that's always getting in trouble for things, sometimes the same thing over and over. And if the parents told them, you know, if their father said, Okay, I'm not going to remember anything you did anymore. Don't do this with your kids. No, it might not be a good idea. No, unless God's really guiding this child. <laughs> That's an earthly example, just an earthly example, like the man eating out of the garbage. So the child is going to come up to the dad and say, "You know, Dad, remember when I?" you know, pulled Sally's hair. Remember when I broke your vase? And remember when I took the car out and <laughs> drove it through the mud? Uh, I don't think so. I, that uh, sounds ridiculous. So why are, why would we be doing that? Sitting there thinking that uh, he's counting sins against us. Why would our pastor be teaching us to ledger our sins so that we can just beat ourselves down with guilt daily? Well, where does that put your focus? On your sin, on, on you. yourself. On yeah. you. That's not that's not the focus that the scripture tells you. us. Scripture tells us to turn to Christ, look to him. That's a really good point. In the world we live in today with all the confusion, if we're unsure about what we should be doing, if you find that your focus is all on you, you can pretty much... You're setting uh, yourself up for failure. You can pretty much know that it's in the wrong place, right? Mm -hmm. That you're... Doing something spiritual failure, worldly fail, worldly success could be. Yeah, if you put a whole lot of focus on your, on yourself, maybe you're gonna make this great business, and maybe everything's going your way. Uh, but when it comes to spirituality, you know, the more we put our eyes on Christ, uh, the more we grow in grace, and that's what the Bible teaches. That's what right. Jesus teaches. That's what the apostles teach, and the, the Bible testifies to it. Otherwise, there would be no point in reading it. Because these are the words that were handed to us. <laughs> that's right. And that's pretty cool. That's really cool. So are we going to go into John's teaching, Melissa? What do you think? What are you feeling? Um, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go through John. Say the word, you know, if you're, if you're getting tired or hungry, because we are not under law. We are doing this freely, aren't we? Yeah, we are. All right. Let's let's look at John. All right. John's go ahead. teaching. God, John. What's the Apostle John say. Well, in First John one five, it says, "God is light, and in Him there's no darkness at all." If we say we have fellowship with Him and yet keep on walking in the darkness, we're lying and not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He Himself is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. And so we are in the light. You know, what What, what you have here with the Apostle John's teachings, uh, since we're going to be getting into them, at least, um, you know, if he, he, has the, he has these great contrasts that he describes between light and darkness. And, um, you know, in this particular contrast of light and darkness and fellowship and out of fellowship, you know, he's talking about believer and non-believer. He even goes as far as to say those who continue in sin and, uh, and then those who don't continue to sin. 
And so there's this contrast, and he's talking about believers and non-believers in a, in a stark uh, symbolic contrast here. And so we are light, you know, we are light. We are no longer continuing in sin because we have Christ's righteousness. We're no longer in the darkness, right? And we are always in fellowship. That's not something that we have to achieve any longer. It's always there. And and John teaches that very clearly, spiritually, spiritually clear if we understand it. So to break it down, God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. Mm -hmm. If we say we have fellowship. We're in him aren't we? We're in him and he's in us. So there's no darkness in us. So there's no darkness in us. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet keep on walking in the darkness, we're lying and not practicing the truth. So if you say you have fellowship with Christ, but you don't believe, you don't have faith, you haven't been regenerated, you're lying and you're not practicing the truth. Maybe uh, you maybe you're you know he could be referring to somebody who is a Judaizer because that's what was going on at the time. You know the Judaizers coming in and saying, "Okay, Jesus, fine, Jesus is or you know it's Jesus, but it's also the law. Jesus plus works, right. Jesus plus rules and regulations." And so if you're walking, you know, <laughs> if you're claiming that fellowship with him, yet you're practicing the law for salvation, for righteousness, for favor with God, then you're lying. Right. That's what that passage is teaching. John's trying, he's talking to Jewish people. And so he's trying to pull them away from those, that way of thinking. And he's trying to teach them the spiritual paradigm. And those who have the ears to hear absolutely heard them loud and clear, didn't they? (laughs) And that reminds me of today. We have all these different denominations. And we mentioned there's a lot of a lot of wonky teachings going on. And so people we're trying to help bring people kind of out of that mindset, aren't we? Brett and back to the truth here. Amen. And so practicing the truth, he also contrasts those who continue to practice sin. It's not somebody who just sins. Practicing truth is believing the gospel. Obedience to the gospel is believing in Christ and believing what he said. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And believing what he said when he said that uh, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. You believe in the cross. You believe in the resurrection. You believe in the new life that you have in him. And uh, that's practicing truth. Practicing sin is unbelief. You have belief in unbelief. There's a stark contrast. So if you ever read 1 John and his epistles, remember, he's contrasting belief and unbelief. And when you see that, it all starts to make sense. Yep, that really does. That clears it all up there. Want to go on to 1 John 2, 5? Yeah. All right. But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person, the love of God has been perfected. Oh, perfected. Perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. The one who says he resides in God ought himself to walk just as Jesus walked. And how did Jesus walk? Okay, so let's look at this. This this passage could come off tough, couldn't it? Those who obey his word. What's obedience? I just said, I just mentioned that. And obedience is belief. Belief. That's, that's all that that's all that you have to do to do the work of God is is believe. Unbelievers are obedient disobedient to the gospel because they reject it. 
you have a stark contrast here. So what, but what does he mean when you say just walk as Jesus walked? Do you have to wear the bracelet? What would Jesus do and be practicing that every chance you get? How did Jesus walk? Let's he think walked, for one minute how he walked. He walked in full reliance on the Father. Amen. Amen. And uh, the one who says he re resides in God ought himself. He doesn't say will in every moment. Right. Uh, walk as Jesus walked. He said he ought to, because that's that's what uh, as spiritual beings we ought to do. We ought to love. We ought to do all the spiritual uh, the spiritual blessings, the fruits of the spirit. That's what we ought to be doing. And we have the doesn't mean we always do, but that's what we ought to be doing. After seeing what Jesus did for us, he set us free. We were in prison and he let us loose and said, gave us a get out of jail free card and said, you're free to go. All I ask is that you be kind to others. You had a death sentence and all he asked is that you be kind to others. What would you think you ought to do in that situation? <laughs> kind of a no brainer, isn't right. it? It is. A no I think we can all agree on that as Christians. Yes. <laughs> and we have the ability to uh it says ought in god ought to walk just as jesus walked we ought to want to and we actually have the ability because we have the holy spirit yeah and we also Without are that, walking in the light whenever we walk whenever we take a step we're walking in his fellowship every time we take a step anytime we take a movement we're always in him and he is always in us it's a profound mystery we're in him and he's in us. And agreed. So there's like this big circle of God and we're inside of it. And then there's God inside of us. That's wild. It sounds like we're very protected. Yeah. Very well equipped. Very well protected. Very well protected. So we? there, yes. And so there again, when you feel like you're out of fellowship, it's really the same kind of situation as feeling like God is angry at you. It's just simply not true. I just like the way Boston puts it in their rock song. It's more than a feeling. It's more than a feeling. <laughs> it's way more than a feeling. Good song. And every, my favorite. What do you think? First John 3, 3, Melissa? 3, 3, here we go. And everyone who has this hope focused on him purifies himself. Purified. That sounds quite clean. Yeah. Just as Jesus is pure, whoa, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. Indeed, sin is lawlessness. And you know that Jesus was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Everyone who resides in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Ooh. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. Everyone who's been fathered by God does not practice sin, because God's seed resides in him, and thus he is not able to sin. Because he's been fathered by God. So wait a minute. Why why don't we practice sin any longer? If, you, if you're interpreting that passage as uh, physically committing sin, and it's not clearly, um, you know, why why is it 
that we don't practice sin anymore. What's the reason? Is it because, you know, we're, we just stopped doing it? That doesn't jive with scripture. Why is it? Why does it tell us? Well, we read about it back here too. Well, it's because we've been fathered by God and it's because God's seed resides in him. And so he remembers his son. In us, God's seed resides in us. The Christian is what he's saying. So we we are indwelling, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is why we do not practice sin. So you, what you see here is a contrast, and this is a real contrast where we're living in a world of spiritually dead people, and we have life. We've been given life. You have believers and unbelievers, sinners and saints. If you're in Christ, you are now a saint, and that's why Paul starts his letters referring to them as saints. It was not because of anything they did, and it wasn't because they had to live a certain life before they died to become a saint. They were a saint immediately upon regeneration. There's sinners and there's saints. There's dead and there's alive. Right. It's like the walking dead out there. You know, you got these zombies zombie legalists trying to gnaw at your face and stop you from promoting grace. That rhymed. (laughs) Pretty good at those rhymes. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah. The Pharisees, you know, the teachers of the law, the, the new modern day teachers of rules and regulations, the commands that the Christians have and that we must follow as Christians in order to to be saved in the end we have to live a certain life and follow a certain set of rules and do so many things and uh, maybe read this giant book you know that's bigger than the bible to teach us how to understand the bible i didn't read about any of that (laughs) but then john in in his gospel says the one who believes in him is not condemned the one who does not believe has been condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. That's what it's all there's about. life and there's death. There's sinners and there's saints. And you, my friend, the Christian, are among the saints. You are alive. You have been born again. And uh, the angels in heaven rejoice the day that it happened. Yeah, that sure makes you feel... Well, it makes you feel quite special. <laughs> so should we save Peter for next week? Or what do you think, Melissa? How are you feeling? I'll let you be the judge. Oh, really? Because you don't go as long on calories as me. You get hungry. <laughs> let's uh, let's save Peter for next time. I was feeling that too. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of glad you said that because I was actually starting to get a little hungry. All right, then. So, yeah, we're waking up to grace here. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to, you know, reach out to us or, you know, find us uh, on, uh, on more social media, we're, we're kind of all over. We're, we're just uh, we just got onto uh, Facebook and we're loving the community there. Uh, we've been on YouTube uh, a little while now. Uh, very much a, a newer ministry. You know, I mean, man, 20, what, 20 years ago or so when I was born again and you were. Uh, you were born into Christianity, but then, uh, you know, uh, around what, 2006, our eyes were just opened, you know, to this grace message. And, uh, you know, I always told you, you know, that, uh, you know, 
something something is going to happen we have there's some kind of ministry that god has in mind for us and and here we are so you know we're not we're not new to the faith we're not infants to the faith but we're we're new to this awesome calling that god has called us to with this ministry and i and i hope you guys enjoy it and support it and uh are loving it because we're just loving doing it and uh we love having you on board we want to hear from you we want to you know, uh, you know, have a, you know, have some fellowship together in this with you guys out there. So it's exciting. It's really exciting. And all the more it, exciting to think about where God's going to take us, right? What, yeah. What's he going to do right now? It's very heavy on our hearts, as you can probably tell, to share this, uh, uh, all of God's grace with you and the truth uh, that's there in the scripture, just waiting to be embraced. Mm-hmm. Um, the celebration is now. Yes, let's celebrate. Now. Let's celebrate the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that and was a great all way. about it and grow together. Yes, growing together. And that was a great way to end, I think, with John there realizing our identity. Our, our identity. Good one, identity. See, I guess you I created a new word. <laughs> but it's so exciting, the identity in Christ. You're pure. We're purified. Awesome. We're fathered by God. Amen. That's Talk a, about great news. That's a great way to to get into the weekend and start the work week. Yeah, so let's, let's enjoy this week with under full grace and put nothing in its place. Let's look to the Savior. Let's look to Christ for everything and pray in all things because he is our father. Daddy father is there for you. He's no longer punishing you and he's going to teach you the right ways. And all you got to do, you know, is, is exist and be yourself. If you're feeling bad about something, let him know. Let him know you would, you'd like some help in this area. You know, it's okay. He's he's daddy. You can talk to him about anything. Right here. Right in your heart. Okay. He's in here. You're looking up. You're praying because he's you're in him and he's all around you. But then he's also in here. And so you think, which way should I face when I pray? <laughs> Don't worry about it. There's no rules. We're under grace. So let's just have a, a, you know, be free and enjoy that freedom out there. And and like like that passage said, don't let anybody bring you down with that legalism. Don't let anybody bring you down with that. Uh, and uh, let's let's end on that note. Amen. Amen you guys that. have a good day out there. And uh, thank you for joining. See you next week.